a couple of things have happened in the past week not a lot of things had happened in the past month so it's exciting to finally get to talk some to talk about some things and to have Alessia kind of be in the spotlight this week since probably the past two weeks me and Grace have been speaking at like an abnormal amount about the Toronto Maple Leafs so I was like <laughs> let me give Alessia her moment to shine and so that means we're gonna lead off with two kind of pieces of news surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to give you guys a really brief kind of quick one-liner for what she's going to be talking about. And then Alessia will, you know, end it off from there. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. But first, the Montreal Canadiens acquired centerman Eric Stahl on Friday. So I don't think it's like a massive, like a massive, massive trade, but it's a pretty significant trade in the sense that, you know, Eric Stahl has finally been dealt, especially after we were talking about how he wanted to be traded from uh, Buffalo. So they acquired him. So Buffalo acquired a couple of draft picks from Montreal, the first being a 2021 third rounder and the second a 2021 fifth rounder. The Sambers will re- retain 50% of Stahl's salary, and he's only managed three goals and seven assists in 32 games this season. So now, Alessia, take it away. So I do think this was a good trade. The girls did text me about it. They're like, what do you think about this trade? I'm like, I like it. I do like it. When you're looking at what Montreal had to give up for Eric Stahl, they gave up two draft picks one's a third rounder one's a fifth rounder and they still have two picks in both of those rounds so they really didn't give up much and when you're looking at stall and how he's going to be kind of put into the lineup i can easily see him being a fourth line center but not only that a mentor to the young centers on the team so that's pretty big as well and i think what made the trade work was buffalo retaining 50 percent of stall's cap hit because Montreal is pretty tight in terms of cap space, so that definitely helped to get Stahl. Now, many will probably jump to his stats and say they're not too great. Like Marjorie mentioned, three goals, seven assists, and 32 games played. That's it's not great, but we have to consider he is not he's not in his prime anymore, and he's also playing on the Buffalo Sabres, and I'm pretty sure all players on that team would like to be getting more points than they are. So... You know, and another thing is, is that he also waived his 10 team no trade list in order to accept the deal with Montreal, which was kind of interesting. But you also have to understand that now the NHL changed their quarantine period. I believe it's seven days now, and we'll be talking about that a bit more. So that's another reason why he potentially could have changed his mind, because no player wants to be quarantining for 14 days. They want to be playing hockey, obviously. So overall, I see Stahl starting on the fourth line and potentially moving up the lineup if there were to be any injuries to one of Montreal's centers. Montreal basically gave him or got him for pretty much, I don't want to say nothing, but not not a lot. Not a lot at all. Not a lot. So it was, a, I think, a win-win trade. And I feel like the main winner here is Stahl because he finally got out of Buffalo. So <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> So let's move on to the next piece of Montreal news, which is that they signed forward Cole Caulfield to a three-year entry-level contract on Saturday. Yeah, I was very excited about this. Um, 
he was the Canadiens' 2019 first-round pick, and he's just been incredible with the University of Wisconsin. He led the Big Ten division in scoring with 30 goals and 52 points in 31 games. He was named Big Ten Player of the Year, and he's now a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. I just think it's huge for Montreal and the fans because everybody's been waiting for him to make the transition to the NHL. He showed how talented he was with Wisconsin, but also in the World Juniors as well. Right now, he's been assigned to the Laval Rocket and is expected to play his first game there, but I see him making the jump to the NHL pretty quickly after that. Yeah, I think a lot of people were like anticipating or just like waiting for Montreal to sign him. And I think pretty much every Montreal fan is finally like saying like has like a sigh of relief and just saying, yes, like finally you're getting it done. And it'll be exciting to see him kind of come in because we all know how Montreal is with young talent and with their draft prospects. They always, you know, you know, grow really talented players. And so it was going to be exciting to see that. But that was, I guess, Alessia's little Habs (laughs) corner for this week. A short Habs corner, but lots of exciting news. It was definitely an interesting week considering that the Habs did not play because of COVID um, issues, we'll say. They so. ruined the North Division streak. Come on. I remember you guys texting me that. Like, oops. <laughs> Come on. But yes. But yeah, hopefully everything's back to normal. I believe they could potentially be playing at 6 p.m. or not playing, practicing today at 6 p.m. if COVID results are all good. So, yeah, we'll so see. Pre- pretty exciting week for Montreal. They've had a lot of news this past week. And another thing that was big in the news this past weekend. Nice segue. <laughs> I've been working really hard on them this past couple of weeks. <laughs> so... We're going to talk about the NWHL. We promised you last week that Grace was going to have a little bit of coverage on that. And yes, we finally have our Isabel Cup champions. So, Grace, tell us who that is and give us a little bit of information about what happened this weekend. Um, So your Boston Pride are the Isabel Cup champions, which is very exciting because it's their second time in NWHL history that they've won the Cup. And they actually were the first team to win the cup for the NWHL. So it's kind of a full circle moment. Uh, But this tournament started out with some crazy scores. Uh, On Friday, Boston beat the Toronto Six 6-2 in the semifinal game. And then the Minnesota Whitecaps beat the Connecticut Whales 7-0. So there's definitely some blowout hockey games there. Saturday's final was much closer. Uh, Boston won the game against Minnesota 4-3. And so for a more detailed game summary, you can go to NWHL.com because I was moving this weekend and I missed both games. But from what I've heard, they were really awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So quick little coverage right there. But still, (laughs) I have to be transparent. I can't I can't can't say that I watched all of them. (laughs) But no, I hope everybody out there watched the games. Obviously, the final was a really great one, especially with how close it was. And it's obviously great to you know, see that they had, you know, the female coverage for, you know, females covering females, which is healthy. Yeah, I saw nothing but positive reviews about that. And I know Megan Cheka and Jeff Merrick shouted out the NWHL on their Twitter account. So that was great to see. And I think more sports personalities definitely need to keep that going. 
because I from what I heard it was a really great broadcast and the highlights that I watched it sounded awesome yeah it's it's great to see it especially after you know the Raptors had the first all-female crew for like uh, broadcasting an NBA game and I watched that game and it's amazing you know you can't watch a game like that and complain about you know the differences between how men cover a game and how women cover a game it's just professionals covering a game and there should never be a discussion about men or female or which one's better and um, it's nice to see that they're finally putting a spotlight on that and hopefully in the near future very very soon we can see more of that and we can see more of a blend and more you know women covering women's sports because like I said last week who knows you know who knows us better than our own fellow women so great little coverage there It'll be exciting to see what happens with their next season. And yeah, congratulations to the Boston Pride. Great game. And they're your Isabel Cup champions. So we're going to kind of touch back on something that Alessia just spoke about when talking about the Eric Stahl trade. The Canadian government approved a seven-day quarantine for players. So like Alessia said, instead of the 14 days, they have seven days. And that's a pretty significant change and a pretty um important kind of I don't know what to say a pretty important kind of thing going forward into the trade deadline and so I wanted to ask you guys does this make the trade season even more competitive now now that players kind of don't have that big of a restriction anymore to go over here to the Canadian teams I think it definitely helps the trading season because of teams having to wait 14 days before a player is able to make an impact on a team. I think some GMs have kind of been holding back and thinking twice about trades, even with players like Eric Stahl and how they had to kind of think about which team they wanted to go to and him waving that list that he made. You know, there's always that thought, like, if I have to wait 14 days, is this like the right opportunity for me, especially with the condensed season? So I think a lot of GMs are probably happy with the decision since it gives them more options to explore teams, because I'm sure... Canadian teams would like to trade with Canadian teams if it was still like 14 days like we saw before. Yeah, it's definitely a really, I don't know, like on one hand, you're like, okay, you know, should players um, or athletes be getting kind of an exemption from from quarantining, you know, the proper way, like everybody else has to quarantine. And then on the other hand, we're all kind of happy because you can kind of, you know, maybe that player that you really want your team to trade for, maybe it's a little bit more realistic now and maybe you can actually see that happen. So I don't know, April 12th is coming really, really soon. I'm very excited. We already saw one trade with that um, Eric Stahl trade and I just know that there's probably going to be a lot more in the next coming two weeks, but there's definitely going to be a lot on that week especially and next week we'll have our very 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 special trade uh episode for you special edition all about trades about who's been traded maybe in this next coming week who's on the top of our list everything trade which is what we love to talk about here on the show but moving on we're going to talk about a little situation that happened with a Mr. Referee. His name is Tim Peel. So we all know what happened. You know, it was a hot mic incident. Um, you know, he basically 
was trying to give the predators a call because he felt bad. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think this makes higher up league officials realize that there is a bias when it comes to refereeing games? And obviously this not only applies in the NHL because we see this happen quite often in the NBA. Just to give my quick opinion, I don't really think they care or if it makes such a significant difference. Um, But yeah, I wanted to hear you guys take on it. This whole thing is so stupid. Like it actually upsets me how people are taking this so seriously and reacting to this because we're going to act like refing hasn't been like this since the beginning of time. It was caught on a microphone. Exactly. Like higher up league officials are the reason, the reason that refs make makeup calls. Do you think Tim Peel cares that the Nashville Predators were out or whatever it was? No, he doesn't care, but he has to care because it's his job. If there's a bold call against Nashville, you think Washington isn't going to get a power play for just existing 10 minutes later? Like, that's how this league has worked for years and will continue to work that way, even if they just get better at hiding it or the refs go through hot mic training. It's just going to it's going to be the same thing. So the fact that people are so upset about this is odd. Like, it's almost like everybody just had a realization of, oh, the league's biased. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know if you've been watching hockey, but yeah. Yeah, it is biased. <laughs> like my answer to that is that I don't think it it just made them realize it. I think they've known this. Like the hop, the higher ups have known this for a really long time. And yeah, Tim Peel was caught on a mic, but that's not to say every other ref is the exact same way. And I really hope, like this is kind of my opinion, I really hope that the NHL doesn't use Tim Peel and him being fired as kind of like a scapegoat to not fix the issues that are in the game because they're seriously are in terms of refereeing and the inconsistency and everything that includes it well it's not even this is the thing it's not the ref's fault exactly it's It's not it is these higher up league officials like they're the ones who call for this inconsistency in refing because they want games to be evened up they want the scores to be closer so it's more exciting nobody wants to watch a nine nothing game that's not fun um they're, they're there for the entertainment value. And so I don't think it's the higher up. Not When I said people were realizing it, I meant fans and consumers yeah. of the sport because they're just starting to realize or just starting to pay attention or start to get mad about this bias in the sport. But the refs have been doing it for forever. And the fact that the NHL acted on it was only because fans started to get upset, which in all honesty is unfair to Tim Peel. Yeah, it is. Because like I said, I really hope that the NHL doesn't just fire him and be like, okay, we're done here. Like, we don't need to change anything. No, there definitely needs to be change because it's not just Tim Peel. It's all the refs and the training that they've been given. So I feel like if you're a fan and you, for whatever reason, don't see any bias, it's maybe because you're a fan of a more favorable team who is getting that bias. And so... You might not realize it, but you kind of are, you know, getting all that bias from the refs. They were giving you all the calls. And I mean, being a Toronto fan of any sport, you kind of see the bias there all the time, especially like I keep on saying in the NBA, since they're on the only Canadian team and the same in the MLB, you know, it's, it's always the same thing, but I think in the NHL, you kind of see a little bit more, but nothing's really said because like Grace said, it's just been something that's done 
all the time. You know, it's something that's a part of the culture and it just, you know, you can't have one without the other, which is really unfortunate, but that's just kind of how things are. And I also do think it makes it more fun. Like call me crazy, (laughs) but having these four, three games, five, four games, overtime games because of these biased calls is more fun. Yeah, of course. Of it's definitely more fun. It's just like when you think about it, it's not fair. No, it's not yeah, it's just fair. frustrating. Exactly. Yeah, we all know it's about. Which is yeah. why Toronto would get more biased calls than Florida. It's a bigger market. They're going to bring in more fans, bring in more money. Like it's, it's about money. And I don't think that's what, I think people realize it, but I don't think they really think about it until something like this goes down. And oh, then they're like, oh, yeah. we hate that. And it's like, well... <laughs> Yeah, people only, I feel like sometimes people only get upset in terms of sports um, when something bad happens to their team or, mm. or they don't see, you know, things going their way. At the same time, like, you kind of have to look at, like, look at the bigger picture and look at how every other team is treated within the league and no team, to, no two teams are like, every team is treated differently. We've been talking quite a bit about the Buffalo Sabres, but I mean, how could you not? They're one of the most interesting things going on in the league right now. It's just a train wreck over there. Like, everything else is the same. It's like COVID protocols, games being canceled, this player is injured. And then Buffalo's like, we're a dumpster fire. (laughs) And it's so funny because I think the last game they played, it was their 17th, I think, straight loss. Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember yep. I remember seeing somewhere it was like the team who has had the most losses is the Winnipeg Jets with 30. That was like the longest streak. And I was like, that was one of my trivia questions not so long ago. Hockey Night in Canada did tweet today that if the Buffalo Sabres lose tonight, so on Monday night, they could tie the NHL's longest winless streak at 18 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. That's false mm, i don't think it's false i just think we were also including playoff games <laughs> oh yes but still it was a very long winless streak with winnipeg but either way irregardless of that 17 games a very very long time and um things are not looking so is it what there. that they haven't won in march is that i don't think they've won a game in march no definitely not definitely yeah. not definitely not <laughs> I don't think they've won since like January. I feel like they had one win in February at the beginning. One, one sympathy win <laughs> in February. But we did ask you guys a little question. And the question is, should the Buffalo Sabres clean house? And we already kind of saw this with them firing their, their um, coach and, you know, some of their staff. They got rid of Eric Stahl. But I mean, he just came on the Buffalo Sabres. So it's not like he was like, like a long-time member of them but still yeah a lot of players want to leave Jeff Skinner had you know there was a whole problem with Jeff Skinner at like a like probably a few weeks ago so yes should the buffler I'm like I can't see buffler nice buffler should the buffalo sabers clean house Alessia what was our results 93% of people said yes, 7% said <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I want to know who said no. I want to know what no. the reasoning was I re- to say I no. Really, I really want to know who said no to. Um, Come on, if I you said did, no, please tweet at us. I did copy some of the some of the replies, though, because they were quite good. Um, oh, they were good. We got one from, so from Hardev Lad, at Hardev Lad on Twitter. Uh, he says, I don't know if the Sabres 
got any house left to clean their front <laughs> office basically or barely has enough people yeah which is correct I don't know I feel like at this point they kind of have to start fresh Alessia wanted to reword the question as should they kind of rebuild and um, I said or let's retool. Not, yeah let's not include yep. that because let's let's talk about that instead and I think yeah I think that's also a very valid question because if they clean house, the only other option is to rebuild. <laughs> so, you know, you can't really kind of clean house and like get all these veteran players because who's going to want to come to a team that has absolutely nothing going for them? You don't like, so it's just kind of, it's, it's crazy down there in Buffalo. But um, yeah, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Honestly, I think the moves that we'll be seeing from them in the trade deadline in the offseason is going to either say if they're going to retool or they're going to clean house and just do a full rebuild. And right now they've only made like one move with Eric Stahl and that's like not a significant trade. So I'm kind of looking to see what exactly they're going to do and who they're going to move because there's so many rumors about all those players on that team right now. So it's going to it's going to be interesting. I, for me, they just need to rebuild because even if they get a bunch of good players, there's no way that they'll actually be a contender in the next year. So why waste the time and the money? Just start fresh. There's but, no guarantee that they'll yeah. mesh well together. It's not even like the players because like they do have talented players. I think a portion of it is also like the morale and the locker room and in the organization because we've mentioned so many times they have decently good players. Eichel, Skinner, Hall. And it's just, nothing's happening. Eichel's been so so unhealthy for the entire season, though. Well, that's for sure. Um, And they've just had, I even said this in a reply to a tweet today, so they've just had terrible luck this season. But we did get more replies to our tweet, which I do want to mention because they were kind of hilarious. Maverick Mm -hmm. at underscore Mavsleep on Twitter says, they should clean house, demolish the old house, and build a beautiful new townhouse with a view nice enough to make them forget they live in Buffalo. I almost died when I read that. <laughs> I, I was laughing. One. That was so good. It was it was, was really cool. good because that's a nice pink that picture. Not wrong. Picture to paint. <laughs> um, and then our good friend Philip D'Souza at Philip underscore seven oh eight says Sabers are winning tonight if Allmark is in net. So that drives my question for you two: If the Sabers rely on their goalie, is it good enough? Oh my God, no! That no. is completely no. You cannot put that kind of pressure on a goalie. Once you put that kind of pressure, they're going to suck. There's no way that a goalie or any player for that matter can sustain so much pressure and, you know, have kind of, you know, this sense of that they have to win or they have to kind of save the team because that's not their job. You know, the job of team sports is to play as a team not to leave one of your own to like hang to dry right so I don't know I think whenever people are be like blaming the goalie or like relying on a goalie I'm like you're silly I think what Marjorie's trying to say is that win or lose it has to be a collective effort absolutely yes. that's no, a collective totally... if the Sabres want to win it needs to be a collective effort for them to win but, especially now but here's this picture Almark may be in net tonight and they're playing the Philadelphia Flyers. So I don't want to put the wraparound jinx on this. So I'm just going to leave that there. 
and leave it to everybody else's interpretations so that we aren't held mm-hmm. legally responsible for the outcome of this game. If if Allmark yeah. does pull off a win, then that's awesome. But I would still feel bad for him if he wins or loses because I'm going to say pressure again, but that's a lot of pressure. And uh, he shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't have to do that. He should, you know, he should go to a game, get his job done and not worry about getting everybody else's job done. So as much as Philadelphia is also another kind of train wreck in the making, <laughs> we're going to see how that plays out. That's we're not going to really say anything. Point. We can't say anything. We're not going to say anything. We're going to wait for tonight's results. Maybe discuss them next week if, you know, things, you know, go a certain way. We're not going to say what kind of way. We're just going to leave it up in the air. <laughs> the worst but... talking talk there's ever been. Because we're too oh scared gosh. to say anything. <laughs> because but... we've jinxed so many things. So it's many been a things. thing since so we started the show a year ago. Oh, yeah. It's awful. But, um... But yeah, I mean, if we see that Buffalo is trading for a lot of picks, a lot of young players, then we kind of know where their mindset is at and we know what kind of direction they're heading. Um, I highly doubt players are going to be, you know, happy with a Buffalo trade at this point, especially if they're coming from, you know, the North Division or, you know, the other, you know, the other better divisions within the States. So I don't know. Buffalo is definitely going to have a lot to do. And we talked about all of those kind of trade scenarios that they had for like Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner. We already saw Eric Saul gone. So he's not in that. I don't think he's part of that. New York. We're crossing one off our checklist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, I don't know. I think my big question or the one thing that I am really curious to see is if they're going to deal Jack Eichel that's the one thing that's on my mind I mean he's obviously their captain but at the same time I also think Eichel is not a good enough reason to suspend a rebuild if the team really needs it yeah yeah like he's great but no star player apart from like maybe Connor McDavid is a good enough reason to suspend a rebuild for your team yeah, so it'll kind of be interesting to see if they do deal with Jack Eichel, who will be receiving Jack Eichel, and for what. What are those hands? I'm just excited. Oh, I'm just waiting. This is the only. You... This is the only way I can like show my excitement. I'm so tired. <laughs> Yay, finger movement. But um, but yeah, thanks for those awesome answers on Twitter. Yeah, please keep responding to our tweets because we have so much please. fun reading them. But yeah, great points from everybody. We love seeing your tweets. We love getting messages from you. So please keep on doing that. And um, yeah, next week when we kind of have our trade special, we'll kind of be asking you guys for your feedback on who you think is a, who's at the top of your list, um, who you think is probably, I don't know, maybe not so interesting anymore. And yeah, and we'll see what breaks see. over the next week. Chances are we're going to stop recording at like 5.30 and at 5.35, Elliot Friedman's going to be like, wow. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this morning sure when Grace happen. when Grace was getting very excited about some potential trades. I was like half asleep and I saw this retweet of a Montreal Canadiens burner account 
by the way i want all of our listeners opinions should i start a burner account and just Just tweet out terrible leafs takes imagine because i feel like i feel like it could happen her biggest take is what uh freddie anderson and mark andre fleury one for one trade one for one in vegas and toronto awful absolutely awful. best take of the season but now that we kind of touched upon Buffalo, we're going to move away from this goalie talk since we always talk about goalies. Um, and a couple weeks ago, I kind of asked you guys for your Vezina trophy pick. We uh, love goalies, okay? <laughs> okay, you know what? I don't want to ever talk about goalies again, especially after we've spoken about so much about Carter Hart and he was so great. And, you know, he has going to have a good season ahead of him. And now this season has completely been awful for him. Okay. Rewind it to about, how did I write down (laughs) five minutes ago where Marjorie said, it's not the goalie's fault. It's a team effort. (laughs) Hey, I'm not blaming on this. I'm just saying I don't want to talk about any more goalies because we keep on jinxing them. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm sorry, Carter Hart. But yes, give me your Norris trophy picks. So Grace, please give us your pick. Wait, Alessia, should we count down again? Oh yeah, tell it. Let's you see if do you guys it? have the same yeah. pick. Do you want to do it on three? I actually kind of have two, but I'll go with this one for the first one. Um, okay, I only have one. Marjorie's like, shut up. You do not have two. <laughs> Uh, okay. You guys switch roles. Usually it's Alessia with two and you with one. Now Alessia yeah. has one and you have two. Why can't you guys ever get on the same page? Okay, ready? That. Okay. Three, three, two, one. Hail McCarr. Whoa. <laughs> Very different. Very different indeed. Those Actually, I thought. Terribly different. <laughs> Those are very two very different people. Honestly, I thought maybe Alessia would have gone with Kale McCarr. I was gonna say that. <laughs> I was gonna say you probably thought I was gonna go with Kale McCarr, okay, which is okay, why Grace. I came up with a secondary pick. Really? Which okay, was? Grace, explain which your first was? pick and then give us your second pick. Okay, so Kale McCarr, just such an incredible young player. He always seems to be a topic of conversation every game, um, where he's just putting in such an effort for his team and he has really great outcomes it's not like he's putting in an effort and making the highlight reel because of a defensive failure he's putting in an effort and making the highlight reel because of a defensive success and so he knows where the puck is that guy has so much hockey knowledge it's insane he's a really smart player and definitely for a Norris trophy pick he's a front runner and I think um I was looking earlier to validate my pick because I need validation he was also one of the top on like a bunch of sports betting sites. So I felt better. <laughs> um, but because I thought Alessia was going to pick Kale McCarr, I did come up with the second one. And I got to say, it just fell in my lap because the Norris trophy feels so predictable all the time, like the mm-hmm. finalists. So I went with yeah. Victor Hedman because it's always a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, and, but for this year, well. not only could he be like a top finalist, but he could also win because he really stepped up when Stamkos was out. Uh, and there was always positive press about his leadership skills and his willingness to help lead the team. So Kale McCarr is my true pick, but because I thought we'd run into an issue, <laughs> Victor Hedman is my second. <laughs> okay, Alessia, now give us your Petrie take. So for me, Petrie is 
been one of Montreal's best defensemen so far this year. And, you know, Grace spoke about Kale McCarr being really smart in his own end defensively. Jeff Petrie does the exact same, except he's really good offensively as well. And anytime the forwards on Montreal are having trouble scoring or producing anything, he finds a way to spark something. And in 31 games played, he has 11 goals, 16 assists, 27 points. That's almost at a point per game. And he's a defenseman. So that's pretty incredible. And I also think he's one of the better defenders of the North Division right now. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but that's just my opinion. He's hot. And She's like, spicy. <laughs> and, you know, like Kale McCarr, he has been receiving a lot of attention around the league when it comes to the Norris Trophy. So... That's my take. Usually when Marjorie asks these questions, I never, I, ha- I don't think I've gone with a Montreal Canadian. No, before. you haven't. So no. this is, this is the first one and I've been waiting for this. <laughs> well, both good picks. I mean, Kale McCarr, I think everybody knows how incredible he is and he's going to be so crazy good, even like more crazy good in the upcoming years as he gets older. Victor Hedman, you're always going to have to have him there. You know, he's just a classic. I don't think I've ever kind of seen this man be inconsistent. Um, He's just so reliable. And when I think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he's one of the faces I think of or one of the names that I think of. And with Petrie, definitely not something that went through my mind because I don't pay attention to the Montreal Canadiens, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Or much teams for that fact right now. I just pay attention to Alessia's tweets. (laughs) Yeah, come on. That's as much as I know about That's the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but still, I mean, I trust Alessia with pretty much anything when it comes in terms of hockey. So I think that's probably also another great pick. So awesome, awesome picks. And as per usual, I love ending off the show with you guys giving me your picks. I don't know. feels special. <laughs> I feel like it's a really good one, moment that we share. We're all like together, enjoying our time, not going at each other. I mean, we don't do that too much. We, but don't, we do it sometimes. We don't usually do that. But there it's are usually sometimes. You, it's usually you two when you guys yes. talk about the leaves. Yeah, yes. honestly, I thought that when we started this show, it would be a lot more chaotic. And while it's chaotic, chaos, it's not chaos in a bad way. It's, it's just chaos. us being us. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember in the sum- <laughs> I remember in the summer when we brought up the topic of should the leaves trade Marner or Nylander and just like everything. <laughs> That was complete chaos, and I was just sitting here like, I think that's oh our gosh. longest episode. Like it was over that was an insane. hour. It's me and Grace were talking so much about that, and I was like, no, you guys are like this. yelling at each other, and I'm just in the middle, like, so. Yeah, so that's why I, that's why I needed to give you your Habs moment this week because I was like. <laughs> Me and Grace talk too much about the Leafs. This is like going borderline Leafs podcast and we do not want that whatsoever. So either way, thank you for all your beautiful perspectives this week. We love, you know, talking about exciting stuff because the last couple of weeks we kind of have to like really, really dig deep into, you know, some exciting news. But, you know, trade season is upon us. I am so excited. It's probably one of my favorite seasons. And um, yeah, I remember last year um, during trade deadline, um, I was crossing the street and I almost tripped because I was trying to look at my phone and walk at the same time. 
Um, it was not too good. I still have the text message <laughs> saved from this. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I almost died. Um, not a big deal, though. I made it out alive. I'm sure lots of people laughed at me. But um, yeah, uh, luckily, I'll be home for this day. So there won't be any hazards there. But like I said, please stay tuned for next week. We're going to have a great episode lined up for you guys super exciting stuff like I said I think this is probably the episode we love talking about the most because it's just so many fun things to talk about and so many hot takes and you know pretty average takes and just lots of fun things to kind of get out there onto the world so please stay tuned tweet us again please we love the feedback and we love interacting with you guys and mentioning your tweets and your messages here on the show and like I said, we're also going to be asking you guys for your top picks and who's on the top of your list. And we might even feature those on next week's show. I also but- think we should give a little bit of a preview just before we go of what the next few weeks are going to look like because we are coming up on oh, some, yes. some break time. Yes. Um, oh, yes. So next week is April 5th. So as Marjorie mentioned, our big old trade show. And then April 12th is the actual day of the deadline. So it'll be an even bigger trade show, but it'll be us going more in depth about certain trades that have happened since things tend to sort of calm down on the afternoon of the 12th but that will be our last show for a couple of weeks um i will be incapacitated with a surgery i have coming up so i'm gonna be taking probably three weeks off girls will be taking a couple and they'll come back for an episode without me so unfortunately but yeah that's, that's gonna be sad that is what the next month or two looks like for us so we yeah, will so don't worry we will be back me and alessia won't take too long of a break that way we can we'll take a two-week hiatus grace unfortunately will take three me and alessia will kind of do the show on our own probably give you some preview for the upcoming stanley cup playoffs maybe i can call be- in like a radio show oh be like our guest caller grace and our i'll be like caller everything sucks and i'm dying but also <laughs> here's what's happening to the leafs this week <laughs> But yeah, we'll have a pretty few exciting next shows. Um, it's either going to be trade or, you know, kind of a preview to the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is all exciting stuff. So, you know, we might not have too much content for you guys, but the, the content will be super exciting and like really fun to listen. So please stick around. We're not going to take too long. And, I, you know, you won't even feel like we were gone for that long. But once again, thank you for listening. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for next week's show. I'm excited for the next few weeks, and I hope you guys are too. And so, talk to you then.